Welcome in, DFSers. It's week seven. We got Borg, we got Betts, and we got a special guest. We have Adam Rank with us of NFL. You may know him as at Adam Rank on Twitter. Adam, how's it going, man? Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm sure that all of your listeners are excited that I'm on so they can be like, oh, I'm going to fade all these guys' picks. Boom. That's why I'm here. I'm giving you all the stuff to fade. So happy to happy to do that. Perfect, Rank, because uh, we were just talking about the, on the show before I started recording. Like, I wish I could just take my own advice. Sometimes I get in my own head. So I think this week what I'm just going to do is ignore everything that I say and do the exact opposite of what you say. And we'll talk yeah. next week. And I, and I can't wait to just be so, so rich next week. So it's going to be great. <laughs> no, you're going to be rolling in the cash. You might even be able to upgrade the comforter. Set that you got up there in your loft. What is happening? Yeah, this what, is a can you not Can you not afford a green screen? Or is there something? What is happening? What yeah, am this I is looking at? Why, why Listeners, do I feel, welcome in. <laughs> why do I want to be in the room with you? No, I want, I want of left, space in the studio. <laughs> less left to the imagination. This is yes. too much. <laughs> now this feels awkward. Like I'm walking in. Like when you, you have friends in New York City and you walk in, and you're like, oh, this is your whole place. Your bed's there, your kitchen sink's there. Like, okay. Yeah, what, what happened everything. is, so my wife and I bought this house about two and a half years ago. Yeah. And uh, the upstairs is is kind of interesting. It's a loft, but there's no door to the upstairs. So yeah. I, I've turned it into the place where I record all my shows. Um, but it's so interesting because I'm surrounded by different beds because this is also our guest bedroom when people visit us. Yeah. It is such a weird situation. We did not plan for that with the podcast. We bought the house, but I keep giving her a hard time. Like, we got to build a studio. We got to build one. And she just rolls her eyes and says, yeah, maybe next year. So maybe one of these years. I'll, I'll you just a cool need background. a quarter. You just need to turn it. I know. Like, I know. You I got to figure it out. Oh, you got plenty of space up there. It's like, it's, it's, I'm just teasing. It's basically a first date for you guys. This is what it is. is you get a picture into his bedroom. But we're glad you're here for the podcast, Rank. And we want to start off with a quick question and talk about this past week, mm-hmm. week seven, and just what were some good calls that you had? Um, maybe, I don't know, if you won a listener contest or something, if you wanted to throw oh, that out there. you Lord. <laughs> Who is this? I feel like this is specific not to me, but to somebody else. I'll well, answer my me. own question then. I'll, you know what? I'll throw it out there. Dwight Schrute usually gets to answer his own questions, and I, I respect that man. Question. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I got to win our listener contest this past week. And, you know, for me, something we talked about on the podcast last week was uh, stacking that Minnesota and Atlanta game. And I just happened to fade Alexander Madison. That's why it was going pretty well for me. But overall, it was a great week to just people that listen to our podcast did well and that's what matters that's so what that's about you what about you rank what, what were some good calls for you no I'm, I'm with you on that one with the with the falcons and the vikings that was a that was perfect i think a lot of people were apprehensive oh not really because justin jefferson took a little bit of people it was weird like in 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 a day in a what am i trying to say here in season long leagues people were giving me questions about justin jefferson and i'm like are you guys insane like, yes, like you want every part of this. 
And like you, I faded Alexander Madison, if if nothing else, just to go a little contrarian, because I felt like everybody is on that one. And I'm like, this can't work out. Like whenever, whenever the fantasy community comes together and we're like, yeah, Alexander Madison, you're like, I'm out. Like obviously the definition of a contrarian. So that was, that was the key. And somehow I was, I was getting in Derek Henry in a lot of spots, which, you know, eventually paid off. So it was good. I, I, we do this for the show. We do this for fantasy live on Fridays. And I was like, yeah, look at me. Like, okay, we're doing all right. (laughs) What about you bets? Yeah, that's a great call as well on Fady Madison because it just had like feelings of Mike Boone 2.0 from last year, which mm. I lost a lot of money on. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people yeah. did as well. Uh, but yes, that was a good call. My my best call of the week was just a fade on the Tampa and Green Bay game with the exception of we said our good friends at FanDuel are just begging us to play Ronald Jones at his price was sub 6K on FanDuel with the workload, with how bad Green Bay as, as a run defense. It was just so perfect for his skill set. But outside of that, we talked about it on the show. I was just like, I don't feel I'm not in love with any of these plays. Like they're just not appealing to me. And I, I just went full fade, didn't play anyone except for Ronald Jones. And it really worked out well. So hopefully our listeners did the same. That's yeah, great. It was, it was- it was a great week in terms of our cash lineups and just some of the picks, especially those in the DFS pass. If you're playing DFS for the first time, this is a great chance to get on our website. You get the DFS pass, especially for just 30 bucks if you bought the Ultimate Draft Kit, just a one-time fee. So all of our picks are there, pace of play article, bets you just wrote, a Thursday night article on your Eagles, which are they sitting in first place still? Uh, this comes out on Friday. So by now you're listening and the answer is obviously yes, which means they're obviously going to lose and I'll be sad. Yeah, that was, I signed up to write the Thursday night article this year thinking, Oh, how fun. Like it's the start of the fantasy week. Like this is going to be great. And every week I write the article, I'm like, what is even happening in this matchup? Like It's just so (laughs) gross to do, but Hey, it's another DFS slate and we love DFS. So you got to play some showdown and, and check out the article for sure. Cool. So we're going to get into the main slate and just give some of our main thoughts on what's going on. State of the main slate. Last week was a bit tricky because if you remember, a lot of the studs were off of the slate. So last week it was basically, are you going to play Derrick Henry? Are you going to play Alexander Madison? Um, Aaron Jones, those are the studs. This week we get back those stud running backs. We have quarterbacks that are there. Um, at tight end on the main slate, it's basically just Kelsey and Kittle. Uh, so really, you're going to have to, it's a little bit harder to pick out which of the studs you want to fit in your lineup this week. And if you want just straight picks, if you're one of those people that listen to the podcast and you're like, you know what, you guys go through too many games. Um, I don't really, I can't sift through that. We have our DraftKings and FanDuel picks in the DFS pass from Ben Cummins and Rob Waziak, so you can access those. But let's get in this first game and... Uh, my Falcons are on a win streak, win streak, not multiple of uh, just yeah, one. But the, I'm, uh, you know, I'm proud of us for showing up against the Vikings. But the, the Falcons are at home. The game has a 56 and a half point over under against the Lions and they're three point favorites. So rank, who do you like in this game between the Lions and the Falcons in terms of who you must play in your lineups? Well, this is an interesting one because this seems a lot like last week's game with the Minnesota Vikings, and it's tough because we were watching Kirk Cousins, and I say this, you know, for season-long leagues too, is like it was frustrating because Kirk Cousins is like a low – he's like the discount version of Jameis Winston now, where at least Jameis Winston was going to throw for five grand and 30-30. He's – Kirk Cousins is the manager special at the back of the supermarket 
That's yeah. Oh, look at this. This is gonna. He's gonna be the nineteen and nineteen guy, which is not gonna be as sexy, and he's not always gonna get those matchups. I think the obvious ones. It's Matthew Stafford. You're always gonna look at the quarterback. Number one, the the one problem I have with Matthew Stafford is it seems like anytime you get him in a plus matchup like this, he just kind of is like, meh. It's like when one of your friends recommends a show for you on Netflix and they build it up so much that you're like, okay. And then you watch it and you're like, that's fine. But it's not like you were building it up way too much. The only, the only place that that has not happened is Cobra Kai because that show is excellent. And so... <laughs> The one I really kind of like the most, like because I think a lot of people will be on Galladay, but I think Marvin Jones is the guy to play in this one. That, that to me, if you're going to be, if you're not doing a stack out of this game and you just want to take one piece of it, I love Marvin Jones this week. Let me let me just tell you, you've you've won my heart already, Adam, just by <laughs> mentioning that. But when it comes to Marvin Jones, I just you know the thing is, my mind's telling me no, <laughs> but my body. My body Let's go. It's Marv week, baby. Come on. <laughs> it is it is Marv week. And you know, as we're recording this, he did actually sit out practice today. So dang it. Uh, That's fine. But, uh, That's fine. I know. I saw Maintenance this. day. Maintenance day. Yeah, man. Joke jokes aside, Marvin Jones is a good play on DK at 4400 only for tournaments. And Kenny Galladay is a solid play in cash game lineups if you want to stack him with Matthew Stafford. Falcons are just atrocious. I mean, I'll just say it about my Falcons. Like, we're going to give it up in the past. We did this past week against Thielen and Jefferson. So you just pick one of those wide receivers to stack with Stafford. It's super easy. But I love Marvin Jones. Uh, Daryl Bevel said he wanted to get him more involved and that Jones needs more targets. He's only seen 10 targets in the last three games, which is just not going to get it done for fantasy. So, yeah, on the Lions side, uh, those are the pass catchers. What about DeAndre Swift bets? Do you feel like people are going to be chasing him after last week? He had two touchdowns, but only two more snaps than AP. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to play one of these running backs, it's DeAndre Swift. But with that being said, I will not play a single lineup with DeAndre Swift. And the reason is <laughs> it's a full committee. I mean, they were all on the field yeah. about 30% of the snaps-ish. For each of these guys and so swift was just insanely efficient with the touches he got and the opportunities he got which you know hats off to him he, he did his job but you're looking at a situation where actually atlanta's decent on the ground they, they just can't stop anyone through the air and so when i look at this game i'm pretty much a full fade on swift and the other running backs on detroit and then on the other side of the ball I just haven't been able to play Todd Gurley in lineups. I just cl can't click the button. And maybe it's a preseason stigma bias that I have that he doesn't have ceiling anymore. But you look at these defenses and the way you win against them is just hit him through the air with all these pieces. I mean, Matt Ryan, Julio stacks are in play. Calvin Ridley stacks are in play. We can talk about Hawkinson, Matthew Stafford, we already mentioned. And of course, Marvin Kenny Galladay. So to me, I'm fading the running backs. I'm all in on the wide receivers, though. Yeah, Rank, do you have a preference this week of Julio or Ridley? Last week, Julio was cheaper. You know, he's 6,700 on DK. But do you have a preference this week of who you'd rather play? Well, Ridley is showing up on the injury report now. So now it's switching to the other side. And, you know, for me, I'm going to probably go back to Julio if I'm going to take a side on this one, just because for that reason. And, of course, I hope because any time that you have a guy who's battling through injuries. And then, you know, you're wondering, is he going to be ready to go? Like he, he he's going through and he's getting to be that guy who gets on the field, plays limited snaps or something happens during the game. So I think Julio to me is a little bit safer this week. I think he's healthy and ready to go. 
What's great in this game is that you can take either quarterback, especially on DraftKings, as cash game plays because they're always a threat to hit 300 yards. Matthew Stafford honestly has been around the 220 mark. Like it's actually been pretty upsetting, but this is a matchup where he could totally go off. But yeah, pick either quarterback and then you can stack this game in so many different ways, but especially with those wide receivers. Yeah, I like this game and I like it to hit the over. I mean, it's at 56 and a half, but these teams can't play defense at all. Uh, Right now, the Falcons are three point home favorites, but I brought up the stats a a couple of times. Matt Ryan is 500 over the last three seasons at home. It's just, it's not an advantage. And uh, we need to think about home games differently anyways during COVID. So Uh, that's true. Betts, Betts, what's your take on just your Vegas pick? Yeah, dude, last week you were surprised when I said Falcons are going to cover the spread and win. I picked them to win the game. And you, you, of course, as a Falcons fan said, you're out of your mind. Uh, But they did. And of course, I can't go back to him this week. <laughs> I'm going to take the over. I'm not going to take a side in this one. I, to me, this is a track meet. I mean, you have it here in the show notes and you put it in the article in the DFS pass too. Atlanta, second in pace of play. Detroit, eighth in pace of play. And two defenses that can't stop at all. So yes, this is a, a great environment here for the over to hit. I like that call. All right, Rank, what's your take? Well, I don't know what you guys are talking about with overs and spreads and everything like that. For the record, let me just say that I anticipate a high scoring game where you're looking at a score of, let's say, 30 to 29. Let's say that, no, actually, I would say it's more like 33 to 29, which is, I think, probably going to favor the Falcons. I think I think the Falcons are going to get on a little bit of a mini roll. Matt Patricia saved his job for a week, but I don't know. I Anytime I see the Lions, it's just one of those, it's Groundhog Day, like every year. Like, you can go through and Google the phrase, Matt Patricia changing the culture and it's there's an article from 2018, 2019, 2020, you know, it's just one of those things. And you fired Jim Caldwell who was winning nine games every year. And you're like, no, 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 we got to blow this up. And I'm glad you did as a bears fan, but yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't trust the lions. I think this is going to be a Falcons game. 33, 29. Yes. Is my final score prediction. Nice. I'll take that too. Yeah, I'll take the Falcons and the three points. And I I think we can win at home. Do not take my betting advice. This is not a betting show. I don't want to bet ever on my team. Uh, it's, there's too much at stake there. But next game here, it's a, another NFC South uh, contest between Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints, 51 point over under. And this is a revenge game, people. I mean, yeah. Teddy, Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater is just boiling over. Actually, he's pretty much the nicest guy in the league. Seems uh, like. So I wish there was something at stake that we could give you, but yeah, uh, you have Bridgewater going back to new Orleans and honestly, the Panthers have been surprising. They're 500. They had a shot against your, your bears last week. What happened yeah. in that game? Well, they didn't really have a shot. There was, I was never in doubt. I was never concerned about that one, by the way, revenge game, not only for Teddy Bridgewater, but Joe Brady spent a year, in New Orleans as an offensive assistant or whatever he is, whatever. Was he the quarterback's coach? Because I don't think he was the offensive coordinator. But in 2018, he was with the Saints as well. That's where him and Teddy Bridgewater had that connection. That w- Watching the, the Panthers game, you really saw what pressure could do to Teddy Bridgewater. And they kind of they kind of showed that as great as Mike Davis has been playing, and it's a great story, and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. 
Do they even need Christian McCaffrey? It's like, the answer is yes. Like, it's cool, but when you go up against a great defense like that, and I know that Davis was fine, but he really wasn't having his way with the Bears. The Bears really took it to him. And if it wasn't for the offense kind of making some mistakes and a referee overturning a what should have been a touchdown and a referee calling a textbook tackle from Kyle Fuller, shoulder to shoulder, like you could not teach anybody a better way to tackle somebody. It was, it looked, it was a rough hit, but it was a legal hit. And Kyle Long and I, and I know I shouldn't name drop, but Kyle Long <laughs> and I were going back and forth like that is garbage. But I think that Carolina is still a good team. And I, I kind of like this matchup. I think if you're in season long, if you're looking for a low end quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater does have a plus matchup. I don't mind it as much. I know we told everybody not to play him last week and that worked out fine. We've been kind of on, we've been on point with Teddy Bridgewater. We've kind of figured it out. This is a tough one for me though, really trying to trust anybody. I think that DJ Moore had a lot of, like he had a lot of catchable passes that he just did not haul in. He had an opportunity to kind of extend a drive that could have put them in a position to win that or to tie that game at least. Didn't do it. When Robbie Anderson gets targeted, he catches the football. And that that's what really impressed me. I, we've been seeing it, but now it's like, yep, he's been able to battle through. So it's an interesting game, and it's one I look at and I'm like, I don't know if I'm touching any part of this, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I think on the Panthers side, Bridgewater's interesting. He's pretty cheap on DraftKings at 5,800, and Robbie Anderson has just been you know, pretty consistent, which is rare to say in the past with Robbie Anderson. Uh, DJ Moore, he saw 11 targets last week when Curtis Samuel was out. So I think you can go there. But Betts, are you going to build a lineup this week without Alvin Kamara? The question you're asking is, am I a crazy person? And I would like to think the answer is no. Now, again, in certain tournaments, I might build a lineup or two without Alvin Kamara, but this is not Alexander Madison 2.0. This is arguably the best back in fantasy right now because of the injury to Christian McCaffrey, et cetera. But he's just been so, so dominant and so good. And yes, Michael Thomas was out and he was getting a ton of targets from checkdowns from Drew Brees and all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't matter against the Panthers. I mean, I will not build a lineup without Alvin Kamara in it because, I mean, it's just so perfect. Carolina has given up the most receptions to running backs. They're 26 in rush DVOA. They're getting destroyed on the ground. Like, it's just perfect for Alvin Kamara. He's priced at $7,900 on DraftKings. He should be a $9,000 player there. And so he's he's even mispriced at, at what he is right here. So I will eat the chalk, and I'm going to play him in all my lineups. I'm no, sorry. Sure. When I was saying not play, I meant the Panthers. I'm not playing any of the Panthers. <laughs> you heard it from Rank. Fade Alvin Kamara. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, wait, no, I'm just saying Panthers I'm not playing. I didn't want it to I didn't want to insinuate. What do we do with Drew Brees? I feel like each week I'm guessing, is this a three hundred yard Drew Brees game or is this a game where he just kind of manages it? What do you think, Rank, in terms of just the pace? Like, is this a game that we're gonna look at and it's like, okay, maybe it's like twenty 24 points you know like does this seem like a pace up saints game that we've seen in the past or is this just like hey their defense is a little bit more solid you know this is a an interesting one because drew Brees has failed to get 16 points in three of his last five games and i think if if michael thomas returns and i know he's back from suspension for disciplinary reasons and then we'll see if he's healthy enough to play then there's some upside there and i think that what we've seen too and Drew Brees' big games, and I'm thinking about the one specifically against the Packers, was him throwing the ball 
right at the line of scrimmage to Alvin Kamara, who does all the work. And there's always opportunities for that. To me, it's a little bit too risky. And I'm also starting to grow more and more concerned that as they get closer to the goal line, they're just taking Drew Brees out. And there's there's uh, there's that uh, guy, Taysom Hill, where you're like, okay, cool. Like, we're doing this again. And so <laughs> in season long, I avoided him this year. And I think for daily, that's just there's too many great quarterback or not great, but yeah, great. I'll just say great. There's too many other quarterbacks you could go with. To me, it's too risky to go at Drew Brees. I think that's a great point. There's just when you hear Drew Brees' name and you see him, especially and you're in your app, you're like, okay, I I bet I can get a huge game out of him. But really, there's so many other better plays this week. Um, I just want to wait and see with Michael Thomas in, in DFS. Like he's awesome, but I just don't know. Last time we saw him, like he didn't get the major target share that we saw last year. And so I'm just going to take a wait and see approach. Like I love Kamara in this game. I love the Saints uh, defense on DraftKings. They're 3,200. But other than that, and maybe Robbie Anderson, I'm mostly going to stay away. Any other thoughts, bets? Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think if you're stacking this game, I agree. I think, I think for me, Drew Brees is just like, you know, I don't know what he is. I don't know that he is what we think he is. And, and I think he could be a letdown spot. But I will say, if you're if you're stacking with Alvin Kamara on the other side, you should definitely bring it back with at least a pass catcher. My favorite of the, of the bunch is certainly Robbie Anderson. I mean, he's put up more points throughout the year. He's more involved. Marshawn Lattimore is giving up literally a perfect passer rating when he's been targeted. He's been atrocious this year. But DJ Moore, I, I just can't quit him. I mean, when he has the ball in his hands, he is incredible. And you talked about Curtis Samuel. I want to point out this quote from Matt Ja Rule. Uh, the coach there in Carolina, he said, quote, I think the thing with Curtis is we're going, we're not going to rush him. If he can go great. But if not, we have a lot of other, a lot of confidence in other guys. And that was from today's practice on Wednesday. So I don't think if, if he's active, DJ Moore is, should be out of your lineup. I think he's excellent this week. $5,600 on DraftKings. He's in that range that we talk about all the time, Kyle, where when you scroll through the app, you like zoom in on the guys that are like 7k ish range. And then you go way past and you're like, all right, who's sub 5k that I can just jam in. DJ Moore, I think, is going to overlook this week. I, I like him a lot. Mm. Nice. That's a good pick. All right, uh, Rank, you got a take on just this game in terms of points-wise or a pick? I wish I had a, uh, a stronger feel for it. I don't believe that, you know, the Panthers are a pushover. It's surprising to me that a lot of people think that the Saints would win by more than a touchdown. I would look at this game, though. I, I see it being around, let me do the math here. 24 to 20. So you can infer from that what you will, but I think that it's a, it's about right around a 24 20 game. I would take the saints, you know, coming off a of bye week and everything and the Panthers, even though they've been playing pretty well up until they, they ran into the bears. They're just a good, they're a solid team, but I don't think this is one that we expect, even though it's not the same of going to the, going to the Mercedes Benz dome as it has been in the past. But I think about 24 20, I think it's going to be, not as exciting as we would have liked it to have been, even though the because the Panthers are good against the air attack, and it's going to be a ground game. So I think there's going to be a lot of running in this one. Bets? Yeah, I, I do think the Saints win the game. I like Carolina to cover the spread. They're more than a touchdown underdog, and I think it stays closer, especially if we're projecting maybe an under to hit here, as, as Rank's saying. So, yeah, I agree. I think it could be a game where it's closer than people think, but they cover the spread seven and a half. But you never I said was, that, right? I was, I was just saying 24-20. I don't know how you use that information. <laughs> well, the over-under over is 51. So by definition, we're going under. Yeah, everybody gets that. Take it to the bank. <laughs> people, people understand. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the under as well. All right, next one is the 4-1 and one Packers. They travel to Houston to face those Texans who got their first win. Um, they're 1-5. and five. And we got some great quarterbacks here. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, they're both totally usable. And you get to stack them with some exciting players. But my favorite play, and I would actually say my favorite play of this entire slate of any player is Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is someone that I will probably build all my lineups around, especially in cash. On DraftKings is just 7,300. Get this. Houston ranks dead last in adjusted line yards. They've given up the third most fantasy points to running backs. And we've seen his ceiling in week two against those Lions. I mean, he just erupted. So Aaron Jones is someone that I want to attack this game from his point of view, locking him in my lineup. But what are some other things we see in terms of how this game is going to play out? It has a 56-point total, which is just a ton of points. Rank, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I think the Packers could get 56 on their own. You have a motivated and upset Aaron Rodgers going up against this dreadful Texans defense. Like it freeing themselves of Bob, of Bill O'Brien, did wonders for that offense. That offense is cooking and ready to go. The defense is still like, yeah, it's, it's the same old garbage. And we're going to continue to give a point. We saw it. Like Deshaun Watt, like I've never seen a quarterback react so visibly upset to losing the coin toss, knowing that his that it was over. Like he just sat there. He's like, oh, like in both teams, both co- like even Mike Vrabel did that with his Tennessee Titans defense, knowing that they were going to give up a touchdown, started taking 12 men on the field penalties to extend the game and to get some free timeouts. It's crazy. So I, I think that, you know, and I was watching some of the, the Packer reports of what was happening at, at practice today and Aaron Rodgers apparently was on one in a good way for them, not for me, but for them. And so, yeah, I would be like Aaron Rodgers and an Aaron, like an, an Aaron and Aaron stack to me would be something that I would want to get into. Cause I, I, I listen, I think they're going to put up a ton of points. I'd agree with yeah, you. I'm, I'm, what else? I'm for sure with that. I, yeah. I think that's a great point of just like, if you project the Packers to put up a ton of points, which I certainly do in this matchup, um, anytime you have a quarterback who comes out and does the uh, the hip thrust celebration dance and then gets embarrassed after that with Aaron Rodgers last week in case you missed it, you have to buy into the bounce back. And, and yes, we're talking narrative street, but Houston just cannot stop anyone right now, as we saw last week. And I think this is a situation where like I want to I want to have exposure to a lot of these guys. I might just build like a mega stack like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and then bring it back with. Will Fuller or David Johnson or someone on the other side, but this is a game that I am circling. I am starring on my sheet. Like I am building stacks around this game, focus on the Packers. I, I love all the pieces there. And certainly, um, you know, the prices aren't that bad too. Like we saw Aaron Rodgers be priced up last week on DraftKings, 7,000 this week. Not bad. Aaron Jones, again, like, like Alvin Kamara, I feel like he's like an $8,000 player that's, dra- that's priced down. So yeah, these guys are, are pretty much locked in my lineups this week. But you failed to mention Robert. Tanyan Harding. I wanted to give that? it to you. I wanted to give it to you. I knew you love him, so I'll, I'll give it to you. I, I, I won't be playing him. Thanks for asking. What? <laughs> fade, full fade or what? <laughs> I just I just never end up clicking his name. Uh, I usually usually punt or play one of the studs, but... <laughs> Dude, I, just I, had I think mention. he's in play this week. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers loves him. Yeah. He's the... Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll build a stack that's probably like 
Rodgers, Jones, and just maybe one that's not Devontae Adams if I'm playing multiple lineups and put mm-hmm. in Tanya instead. But either way, I mean, yes, I want the Packers. All right, Rank, what about on the Texans side? What do you see in terms of David Johnson? The Packers are allowing the most fantasy points per game to running backs, but I feel like I can just never put him in my lineups because the ceiling's just not that high. So for daily, do you want to put David Johnson there or are you just going to pass? I would pass. To me, it's not a situation where we've seen with a lot of other guys where Kenyon Drake, we figured eventually he was going to break through. And against Dallas, he obviously had that monster game. The Bengals RB1, you knew at some point, had the ability to go out there and put up a 40-point game. I just don't see it from David Johnson, even in a plus matchup like this. But especially if the if the Packers are scoring a lot of points and they get into a position where they, they don't run, then what's going to happen? You know, I, He's got to be involved in the passing game enough to make it worthwhile, and I don't think that he's going to be. So I... I have no interest in David Johnson this week. I like Will Fuller a lot in terms of his price on FanDuel. He's got a tough matchup this week against Jaira Alexander, who really shut down Mike Evans this past week. Brandon Cooks is on a roll the last two weeks, so if you want to stay in the flames, I get it. It's just boom or bust. But um, if you think this game is going to go off, there's got to be somebody on the other side that you're going to run it back with. Darren Fells you know, has been pretty solid. He's had, he had the six most routes run uh, among tight ends last week. He's getting the target, so he's not a bad option. Any other thoughts, bets, in terms of how you want to stack this game? Yeah, like you said, I, I think if you're building Packers lineups, you have to you have to pick someone to bring it back with on the Texan side of the ball. For me, I'm I'm in a, a fade on Will Fuller this week. And it's only because, I mean, two wide receivers have gone over 60 yards against this defense. Like Jair, Jair Alexander is shutting down the one, and that is Will Fuller. So I will look back to Brandon Cooks. He's cheap. $5,900 on FanDuel is great. 5200 on DraftKings is great as well. So I will definitely build a couple of lineups that kind of focus on Rogers stacks and bring it back with Brandon Cooks. And in case yeah, we dinner. didn't mention Deshaun Watson, he's just someone that you can play every week without Bill O'Brien. I want Deshaun Watson. What about you, Rank? Thoughts? Yeah. No, I agree. I, I like Deshaun Watson as well. And I've been, uh, I'm still upset with Darren Fells because he went to Fullerton High School, did not go to Cal State Fullerton, my alma mater, and that really irritated me. The year that Fells was a senior, Fullerton went to the NCAA tournament, lost to Wisconsin. The reason being that we didn't have a big man. And if Darren Fells would have gone to Fullerton instead of UC Irvine, which is a useless school, <laughs> we would have beat Wisconsin. Well, we would have been we would have been higher ranked. We wouldn't have been the 14th seed or whatever. We would have ended up being like a 12 or something. But in any event, I can never get over that. And the Packers have been pretty good against tight ends. Rob Gronkowski, the first tight end to score a touchdown on them this season. So they've actually been done, done a really nice job against tight ends. So I don't like Darren Fells as much this week because he is typically touchdown dependent, though we saw some signs of life last week, and perhaps that's a harbinger of Hey, he's going to be more involved in the offense. And I'm curious, and I, you know, I was going back and forth about Alexander, who he's going to be on, that if you're the coaching staff. And I think because I love Will Fuller so much, I was trying to talk myself into like, well, maybe he'll be on Brandon Cooks. But that is the most ridiculous notion I could ever like. That's just a fanboy of a guy who loves Will Fuller being like, no, like you should cover, like, like, of course he's going to cover Will Fuller. And I think he did pretty well. Like I know you guys have it listed here too. Yeah. What? Oh, I thought I had, 
I I would looked up Evans' numbers last week and they were bad. I know that you have a note here too as well. So I'm probably going to have to avoid Will Fuller this week, which sucks because I love him. He's been he's been consistent, which is the first time you could really say that about Will Fuller. But yeah, he's someone that I want to put in my lineups, but I'll probably have to pass this week. In terms of the game, I just like the Packers. I feel like they're going to return with some vengeance. And I think you brought it up, Rank. Like an angry Aaron Rodgers is not somebody you want to face. Yeah, people act like that's not a thing. I know, like I get into these discussions, like these are professionals. They, I'm like, no, they, they're human beings too. Like that's the one thing. And if there's anything we know about Aaron Rodgers is that he's petty. Like as a Bears fan, I know full well he's petty and he's not taking <laughs> this thing, what happened last week, very well at all. Like in the first pick six that he threw, and he threw two, I know that the second one, the guy was tackled on the two. That's a pick six in theory. Like to me, that's that's a a, a a pick six in spirit. And so I look at it and he just looks so, so flummoxed by the, the, the audacity of the, of the Buccaneers blitzing him that he couldn't believe it. But I don't think he's going to have that problem with the Texans. They could, they could rush everybody. They could rush eight. They're not going to get to Aaron Rodgers. So he's going to go and put up 60 on this team and it's going to be awful. Hopefully the bears win. We don't have to worry and we can keep up, still be the leaders of the North. And uh, that that is that is my story. <laughs> Bets. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about the Bears, but give me the Packers <laughs> for sure in this game. All right, let's go to the matchup of the week because we have two undefeated teams in the AFC. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers 5-0 and at the Tennessee Titans. Remember, this game was postponed. Uh, we got pushed back a little bit. And this game has a 52.5 point total, but... Man, this is one of those calls this week that you have to figure out for DFS. What do I really believe? Because you have the Steelers who are giving up fewest fewest yards, number one in rush DVOA against Derrick Henry, who won me some cash last week. I know for a lot of people, won people weeks in redraft and dynasty. I mean, Derrick Henry, it was Derrick Henry week this past week. But what do you do this week? Can you play him? Taylor Lewan is out with the torn ACL. So it's like, do you either say, yes, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, or do you go contrarian and say, you know what? He's Derrick Henry. Winter is coming. It doesn't matter. Rank, what do you believe? If I could talk out of both sides of my mouth here, we can easily anticipate a game that's 19 to 17 and just one of those great battles that the Steelers used to have with the Baltimore Ravens, you know, back in the day where these they were these low scoring slugfests or whatever. But over the last couple of years, I think that we've seen that even every time it seems like one of these defensive matchups, and even though the Steelers are excellent against everything, that this might end up being more high scoring than people are giving it credit for. And I think that Ryan Tannehill will still probably be a really good start this week. He's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks ever since he took over for Marcus Mariota last year. I believe he's the QB three since that time, trailing just Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson, although he would have to leapfrog I'm, I'm sure he'd be jumping over Dak here any moment so the thing for me is I look at Tannehill as like yeah I can play him Derrick Henry could probably play him as well AJ Brown same thing you know like he's a matchup he's a matchup problem for people and I would even say too like this is a good matchup for the Steelers Big Ben has been very efficient but hasn't put up killer numbers James Connor has been really good but the problem is is now he's He's losing out to the new goal line back, Chase Claypool, which is annoying. And uh, I'm 
it's weird as it is because the Steelers have the better defense. I still kind of feel more comfortable with the stalwarts of the Titans side. Yeah, I think that it's one of those games where you can just say, you know what? These teams are going to score. They're going to go back and forth. Titans are pretty up in pace. They're fourth in the league. I love the kind of usage that A.J. Brown is getting. And so if you just want to say this, I'm going to run with the Titans side and find a piece from the Steelers side, that's totally fine. Uh, Betts, what do you think in terms of the game script? Yeah, it's it's super intriguing because it's strength on strength, right? Like run offense that's centered around Derrick Henry and a great run defense. But to me, I usually just want to be like, you know, we talked about this with Chase Claypool two weeks ago or last week, I guess, coming off of the huge game, the breakout game against my hapless Eagles. Um, and that we generally want to take a, a larger sample size in fantasy in general, but also in DFS and especially in DFS because people are going to run and chase these points. And oh my gosh, Derrick Henry was a monster last week. We have to play him again. And I think it sounds absolutely like terrifying to even say this into this microphone, but I might fade Derrick Henry this week and just go Tannehill stacks with AJ Brown and then bring it back with one of the Steelers that I like because the efficiency on Tennessee's side of the ball is just insane. They're such a well-coached team that I think they know the strength of Pittsburgh is to stop the run. So I can see a lot of play action passing and Ryan Tannehill just absolutely crushes from play action passing. So I like Tannehill stacks quite a bit with AJ Brown. Yeah, if there's a week for Big Ben to put up big numbers, it's this week. Um, and, you know, they really haven't needed him very much. He's only thrown over 250 yards once this year. It's just like their defense has been so good that, like, they don't need Big Ben to throw for 300. Uh, but Chase Claypool is somebody that people are just going to have to figure out. Like, he's going to be popular once again. Juju, I feel like nobody's going to want to play him in DFS this week. Deontay Johnson was back at a full practice. So, this is the thing about these wide receivers is there's really four guys, which you can't really say that about any other team that, man, they have four players that honestly could be the guy this week. And so I just don't want to have to pick uh, between that. I like James Conner in terms of my favorite play, but with Steelers, I can only play them in big tournaments. I can't really see them in cash lineups. So any other thoughts just about players that you just want to highlight before we move on? I kind of, oh gosh, but I'm still, and maybe I'm just enamored with the talent. And maybe this is more because, again, I tend to skew more towards season long. But Chase Claypool, yeah, he's, it's too hard to play him because everybody is chasing those points. But dang, he is such a good player. And he's, he's annoying to James Conner once again, I guess is my point that I'm going to make once. It, I'm going to reiterate that point. <laughs> it's like, oh, because Conner was somebody that nobody wanted this season. You know, and everybody was drafting Miles Sanders or anybody like that. And every, nobody wanted to give James Conner any sort of love, but he's had at least 18 touches in his last five games. He scored at least 15 fantasy points in those games as well. So he's been so consistent. And I think this could end up being a pretty good game for him. And if he could just have Chase Claypool not steal one of his touchdowns, he would be even better. For me, I'm going like to take, was- take the Steelers and the points, but bets. Yeah, I was just going to say it it depends on what you project, right? If you project the Steelers to actually win this game, then I think James Conner is the bring back piece with the Tannehill stacks. Um, And I will just say, too, like sometimes I feel like my thought process in DFS is different than what other people are doing when they're still lineups. But I feel like a lot of us have the same ideas. And I don't know about you guys, but I just haven't been able to click the button on James Conner in cash formats recently 
And it's because I think there's this stigma that like everyone remembers from week one to week two, everyone lost their mind. Everyone was so worried about James Conner. Is he injured again? Is Benny Snell the back to own? Like, what what are we doing with the Pittsburgh you know backfield? And James Conner has just been so good, but I feel like he's been sneaky good. As long as Chase Claypool doesn't run in another touchdown, I think James Conner is going to pay off his salary. So I just want to put that out there. I like that. And then in terms of the game, you know, call in terms of the spread and all that stuff. Um, I actually lean the other way. I like Tennessee a little bit here. Again, it's just an efficiency thing. These teams are so evenly matched that I'll just take the team that's getting the points. I'll just say from an NFL fan, like this is just going to be fun. And Chase Claypool, yeah. like I can't wait to watch him for years and years and years. Like we're going to be talking about this guy as a stud, as like a top five wide receiver soon. So in terms of NFL, this is this one's going to be fun. All right, last game we're going to talk about here before we get into some questions. Uh, let's talk about those Seattle Seahawks, 5-0. and They were on the bye at the Arizona Cardinals, 4-2. and This game has a 55 total. I've been waiting to use that button for a while. On this podcast. I was going to give you a hard time, Kyle, because we've we talked about games that have that 55 total and we haven't you haven't said it or heard it. And in my head, I just hear Mike the entire time at the end. Oh, yeah. At the, end of the 55. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of points here. But in terms of this divisional matchup, do you feel like this game is going to hit that total? What do you think, Rank? I would say so because of the Steelers, Steelers, excuse me, the Seahawks defense or lack thereof. You know, this is a. This is a a defense that's still the Seahawks in name, but it's it's changed. It's like going and seeing, you know, one of those one of those uh, hard rock bands from the Sammy Hagar era, and you're like, oh my god, it's Quiet Riot, and there's like no original members or any of those bands. Motley, well, I guess Motley Crue has actually has all four of their original members, but you know, like all these bands, like hey, here's Rat, and there's like Sebastian Bach singing for them. Like, no, this isn't the same thing. So I think that defense is exploitable. And I think with Kyler Murray, I again, they don't – the Cardinals were great on Monday night, but they've got to be – like that should be them every week. Like that's the kind of point totals that we're expecting them to put up. That's what Cliff Kingsbury with his, you know, GQ spread at the draft. Like this is what is supposed to have had happened. Like we need that every week, and we now get to see – we finally get to see it from Russell Wilson because out of necessity, because the Seahawks' defense is so bad. So I do believe that we're looking at it. Let me look at the numbers here. I would actually look at this as the Seahawks 34, Cardinals 30. I'd take take whatever knowledge of that that you that you need to, but that's what I'm saying in this one. What about in terms of quarterbacks? You know, we have Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, who's been for fantasy purposes, especially for DFS, been incredible. Murray's the QB4 on DraftKings. And FanDuel, so he's a little bit cheaper than Russell Wilson. Do you have a lean bets of which one you'd rather play in your lineups? I wish I could just say yes. I mean, I'll I'll build multiple lineups around this matchup. It's one that I definitely want to have a lot of exposure to. I lean Russell Wilson just because, I mean, Kyler Murray, yes, for fantasy, he's getting it done. He's running the ball a ton, which matters so much. But, I mean... And I don't want to speak, you know, negatively about Kyler Murray. He's awesome, and I love him. How but dare you? He, yeah, I know, right? Like, how dare me? Um, <laughs> he missed a lot of throws yeah. on Monday Night Football, and like completed nine passes. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. And if that happens, and you go with a stack of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, you're done. You're dead in the water at that point. So I know for sure Russ is just going to come out and smash in this matchup. We've seen it all season long. He's playing out of his mind, and we have two wide receivers that you just feel so so confident with. 
and DK Metcalf, who's way underpriced on FanDuel at $7,300. And then Tyler Lockett, I like on DraftKings at $6,600. I'll play stacks with both those guys, with one of those guys, with one of the other guys. Like I want all the all the Seahawks passing game in this contest. What about Russell? The biggest... Oh, I would go for it. Go for I, it. I was going to say Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and then running it back on the other side with Christian Kirk would probably be my idea. Yeah, Kirk. Love it. Kirk Love is it. a great play. He's super cheap. His price didn't increase because he was in that Monday night football game. And, you know, this past week we saw him go deep. Like he had that long touchdown. So Christian Kirk is a great cheap play. I think the biggest question for me is Drake. Like what, what do we really believe about Kenyon Drake? Like, do you, in your mind rank, just in terms of season long, like does that skew the way we look at Drake moving forward, that long touchdown run at the end of the game? Yeah, it's one of those adages, you know, of garbage time points still count and what is happening. The the thing that stood out to me, and you can say, you know, well, he got it at the end of the game. He was He was on the field at the end of the game. Like, what does that say? Because, you know, we all went into this contest thinking that Chase Edmonds was finally going to take over and usurp him and going to be the running back that they were going to start leaning on. And they went the exact opposite way. Like it's, it's a miracle that in a blowout like that, because that game was not close that Kenyon Drake is still sitting there getting the football when you're trying to run out the clock. So to me, I, I don't know what to make of that. Like he's still on the field. Like that's, that, that was the thing that shocked me. And just, just being in the moment too, of like having friends who play, you know, we have our friends who play fantasy and you're in Slack groups or text groups and just, Three people instantaneously of like, God, I hope I hope Drake breaks one here. And how many times in our lives we've said something like that or we wanted something like that to happen and it never does. And for Drake to actually come through and do it was kind of incredible. But I don't know that I can trust him. That is just my my thing. Like, oh, I was fun. And it feels like if you play season long and you use the second round pick on him, you feel justified in the moment unless you benched him. But yeah, it's still a tough call with him. I I don't quite trust it. I'd ra- actually I'd rather have Chris Carson because I think Chris Carson's got a great matchup in this game too. Yeah, you're going to get 20 touches out of Chris Carson, which you know is is pretty great, and I think it's going to mix things up in this game to be different because everyone's going to want to play Metcalf and Lockett. Everyone's going to want to play Hopkins and Kyler Murray. So I like Carson bets. I mean, Drake's price didn't change at 4800. I mean, it's super low. Could you put him in a cash game lineup? I had some people ask me that question on Twitter today. Oh my gosh. I wish you were in a, I, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't ask me the question. I, I don't know. And I'm not sure what I'm even going to do yet. And that sounds like a cop-out answer, but and, I, and this is, you know, peek behind the curtain. Like I went to bed with like eight minutes left. I'm on the East coast. So it was late. I had to work the next day. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. This game's over. Um, thank you to Dallas for being awful. Like the Eagles are still in it. And I woke up and all of a sudden my DraftKings account looked way better. And I was like, what happened? I played a ton of Kenyon Drake. I was so upset because I was down a ton of money for playing Kenyon Drake. And I woke up the next morning, happy as a clam. So I have no idea what to do with Kenyon Drake, but his price is just so intriguing that at $4,800, I mean, you, we can't get running backs that are getting 19 opportunities a game at $4,800 on DraftKings. It just doesn't happen. So I feel like I'm kind of talking myself into it with the expectation that if he comes out and puts up like 12 points in a cash game, it's fine. That's almost, you know, two and a half to three times the salary. And that'll work as long as your wide receivers hit and your quarterback hits and all those things. So I'm kind of talking myself into it. I need to build more lineups and kind of see where it fits. But yeah, the price is certainly really intriguing. Yeah, I I just had some people ask me and 
I'll just say 4,800, you're asking for someone to get around 10 to 12 points. And for cash lineups, that's totally fine. So if you want to fit in those stud running backs, a lot of people want to play Kamara this week. Uh, maybe you want to play Zeke. Maybe you want to play Aaron Jones or Derrick Henry. Like those are the four guys this week. Um, I'll add in Kareem Hunt because he's got a great matchup. But if you want to play two of those guys and Kenny and Drake, then you're going to have a lineup that's actually going to be able to work for um, for playing cash lineup. So any last thoughts on... You know, we we didn't mention him much, but yes, DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, play him. He will bounce back. You know, everybody saw him on Monday night, but the dude's going to erupt against Seahawks who are giving up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So any guesses rank on just score or just take on the game? What did I say? 34-30? Seahawks? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think it's high okay. scoring. Yeah, absolutely. They'll get that. They'll That's- get the totals again or whatever, whatever that means, but. High scoring, thirty-four <laughs> thirty seems like a high scoring game. Seahawks winning by four. Yes, just saying. Yes, I like the over as well. High scoring game for sure. Yep, I will go with it. Clean sweep. All right, let's get into a couple mailbag questions. Mailbag. All right, I want to throw out this because we had a listener ask a question on the podcast last week. And the dude who asked the question placed 10th in the Millie Maker. So, and so facto, you ask a question on the podcast, you win cash. It's just, it's really easy. It's, so, it's that rank, easy, yeah. ask, rank, just ask us a question, any question in life right now, and you might win money. You know what? Here's my question. Justin Herbert is going to continue his hot streak, right? Even though he had the bye week. You know, like when you're on a hot streak, like you don't leave the blackjack table when you're killing it. So I feel like I, I get I get worried. Like Justin, don't don't take any time off. Just go play. Go play XFL or do anything. I need you to continue to play. Um, but we're because I know that we had to skip the battle royale, and that's probably my fault because I talked too much. But I had a stack of Herbert, Keenan Allen, and I would even throw it down to Tanner Henry too, and do super. Like that's that's a good play this week, right? No, I man, that's I'm glad you brought that up because I had those names and someone asked me earlier, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, like those are two players that you can put together. And then man, Hunter Henry is one of those players that I forget about, honestly. Like I forget about him in DFS because he just doesn't have the same, you know, profile as like a Kelsey or a Kittle, but like he can get there in lineups. So I love that against the Jaguars. If you want to run it back on the other side with DJ Chark or James Robinson or my favorite my favorite pump play of the, of the week, James O'Shaughnessy, big game James, um, <laughs> if you, if you want to throw it out there. Um, no, I love that. I love that point. The Chargers, I mean, they're they're much better than I thought they would be. So No, um, no that's that's a perfect Chargers because, like, what they have one win on this season. Like, that's – they're playing well. Like, that's that's their thing. Like, people are like, oh, they're snake. But you're like, that's the Chargers. That's every year. Like, yeah, this team's great. Like, they're playing well. You're like, they're one in five, bro. Like, what do you think? But, you know, it is what it is. Let's go with the Chargers question. I had someone on Twitter ask us. Sheen asked, thoughts on Justin Jackson this week? I'm considering him as a cheap running back option for tournaments. So just, just for context, Justin Jackson's 4,900 on DraftKings, which is super cheap. Uh, and FanDuel, he's 6,100. He had 20 touches back in week five when we last saw them. Um, but Joshua Kelly, I think a lot of people are kind of confused. Like, is it Joshua Kelly? Justin Jackson looks way better out there. But 
Are they going to keep running Kelly in there? So rank, I'll hit you first and then Betts, your thoughts on uh, Justin Jackson. Well, I know Betts had, I didn't have edit access on this Google Doc, but I know that you also had Justin Jackson as your cheap running back as well, because what we've seen out of Joshua Kelly, who is a running back that I liked at UCLA, and it didn't surprise me that he ascended to the number two spot with the Chargers playing with Austin Eckler, but every time that he was in a, a great spot, and I guess this isn't every time, but they're going up against the Panthers and everybody rushed to get, get him in the lineup as a cheap option. He didn't come through. That game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they lost, number one, because Anthony Lynn decided to run the ball for whatever. Just take the knee, bro. You're up 17 on the road with a rookie quarterback. You're fine. Gave it to Joshua Kelly, who put the ball on the on the ground. Though that, that was his second critical fumble of the season. That is what's keeping him off the field. That is why they've turned back to Justin Jackson. And now with a great plus matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're going to go to Justin Jackson here. So that's the guy that I would go with. Yeah, I, I like that call a lot. Like you said, he was kind of my pick for a very cheap tournament play. I wouldn't play him in cash because there's always a scenario that, who knows, for whatever reason, they come out and they split the work 50-50, but we're projecting more for Justin Jackson. I am as well. I think he's a great, a great tournament play that no one's going to be on because no one is. No one knows what to do. Is it Joshua Kelly? Is it Justin Jackson? To me, it is Justin Jackson. I'm playing him in all my season-long leagues where I have him. I will definitely play him at that price. What did you say it was, Kyle? Like $4,800 or $4,900 on DraftKings? It's, it's a great price this week. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I'll follow up with this next question from Travis Ajo. He says, what are some best options for players under 6K on FanDuel? And I'll give you guys a couple of names and you guys just tell me who you like best. So at running back, we mentioned Justin Jackson, but who do you like better this week? Justin Jackson, this is for tournaments. Jarek McKinnon, 5,500. Laxatives Murray, which sometimes your phone autocorrects Latavius to laxatives if if you let it on your phone. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, a Chase Edmonds at 5,900. So of those four running backs, in terms of a tournament, like who has the ceiling to really help somebody, who do you like the most? So I would I would probably go with Justin Jackson in that scenario. The one thing that concerns me about Jarek McKinnon is that Jamichael Hasty is there, and I think they like him a lot. And I, I kind of like watching him on the tape. And if Jeff Wilson is healthy as well, they're, they're, he could also figure into the mix. So... I think all of them are dicey, but I think Justin Jackson ends up having the best opportunity for me. Yeah, I agree. I also think that uh, Latavius Murray is a really sneaky GPP play. And it's only because we saw this scenario play out a couple weeks ago where Alvin Kamara was just like a lock in every lineup. And like we said on today's show, he is a lock in our lineups. But there is also a scenario where he comes out and he has a, a good game, not a great game. And all of a sudden, Latavius Murray has like 60 yards rushing and two touchdowns. And you're like, what? what just happened (laughs) and and no one's going to be on Latavius Murray so he is a guy that in in bigger field tournaments I will play instead of Alvin Kamara in the off chance that that happens but I think if you're giving me the option of all those guys I agree to me it's Justin Jackson and let me give you some wide receivers because I think this is where a lot of people make their hay on their their lineups especially on Fandle which is touchdown heavy so you're basically saying which one of these guys is going to catch a touchdown this week. So these are all options under 6,000 on FanDuel. So you guys just kind of put them in order in terms of think about their quarterbacks, think about the games, those kind of things. Just think about everything that you could possibly think about at the same time (laughs) for these players. So uh, T Higgins is 5,700. Tim Patrick of the Broncos is 5,500. Christian Kirk 
we mentioned 5,400. And then James Washington, who caught a touchdown last week, 5,100. So of those wide receivers, who would you say has the best chance of catching a touchdown this week? I think, uh, oh gosh, I like Kristen Kirk as a better play, even though I like T. Higgins a lot too. T. Higgins, because they targeted A.J. Green a bunch last week, and then Tyler Boyd's there as well, even though T. Higgins is going to start usurping probably both of those guys. But I think Kirk is the one that stands out to me as the guy that I would probably go with there. Yeah, I think I think he's a good play for sure. I, I like T. Higgins quite a bit. I mean, you just look at the trend, right? Like since week one where he was kind of just a role player, he played like 22% of the snaps. The snaps are trending upwards. The targets are trending upwards. The air yards are trending upwards. Like T. Higgins is everything we thought and hoped AJ Green would be this year in season-long leagues. And he just has that connection with, with Joe Burrow that I like. Last time these two offenses played, Joe Burrow dropped back to pass 61 times. Now, is that going to happen again? Probably not. But I think it just tells you like how confident this offense is in Burrow's ability and, and I think he and, and T. Higgins are a really sneaky stack this week against Cleveland. Yeah, with those wide receivers, the way that you want to use them in your lineups is to correlate them with some other play on the other side. So if it's T. Higgins, play Kareem Hunt. You know, Tim Patrick has gone over 100 yards two games in a row. We didn't really talk about the Chiefs game, which is rare that we're not mentioning it. But I checked this out. Patrick Mahomes, their Chiefs teams have never scored over 30 points against the Broncos since he started in 2017, which was his first start ever. In the NFL. But so Tim Patrick, if you're stacking that game with Chiefs, like go for it. And then James Washington, we mentioned earlier. Um, but Kirk seems like the safest play. That game has a huge total. And we saw what he could do last week, two touchdowns. So um, yeah, those, those are some good, good thoughts. All right. Let me ask this question for you, Bets. In terms of cash lineups, how many do you play each week? We had a listener, Roger Dietz, ask in terms of like building your lineups, you sit there, you tweak, you, you text me. Uh, I wake up in the morning, I get a text from you that says, Hey, how you doing? Here's my lineup. So how many cash lineups do you play each week? <laughs> yeah. Then you tell me, are you serious? You really want to play Deontay Johnson in cash in week two? And he goes off and I take him out of my lineup and, uh, yeah, I will never let that go, Kyle, just so you know. Um, but yeah, for me in cash lineups, I play one, I play a bunch of, of 50 fifties. And to me, there's no better contest to enter, especially if you're, you know, you're, you're, you like to win a DFS, but you're not like a serious, like huge hundreds and hundreds of dollar player. Like you enter the five to $10, maybe $25 double ups. And you have like 8,000 people in these contests that are setting just crazy lineups because they think when they see the number 8,000, they have to set this like super random lineup. To me, I've had so much success doing that. I play one lineup. I enter them in like all those contests. And, you know, it can be kind of risky because you think either you're all in, you win everyone or you lose them all. But I found it, you know, if you play enough of them and kind of spread out, you know, not to get too like analytical with math and stuff like that. <laughs> I was told there'd be no math, um, but it, it kind of balances out the sample size a bit. So to me, I play one cash lineup, enter in all those contests and I'm good to go. Yep. I do the exact same thing. And you just don't, you're not going to be able to keep up with that many different iterations of your lineup. Like it's just really easy to say this is the one that I'm going with. And we mostly play 50 fifties where you're not trying to, you know, hit the nuts that week. You're not trying to have a team that scores 200 points. You're saying, you know what, I'm going to try to get 150 points on DraftKings or, or FanDuel. And it really feels so much better. We teach people a lot of times, especially our shows in August. Like if you want to play this consistently, if it's fun, you're, you know, you're not putting in thousands of dollars. You're just, you know, putting in uh, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, maybe 200. 
you want to be able to consistently do cash. And so we recommend people to do 80% of your lineups to start off. I know it's not fun. 80% of your lineups in cash. You see the commercials where people are winning the millions, but really the way that they got there is they consistently did this over the long haul with, with cash lineups. So I think that's just a piece of advice for people is, is work really hard on your cash lineups and that will teach you to be a better player for really big tournaments, um, which are super fun. It's super fun to compete against people, especially when there's like 100,000 people, but it's really hard to consistently win that way. Uh, so last thought, and I want to give the, the floor to Mr. Rank here. Any thoughts you would just give people who may be, you know, listening to our podcast and they've been playing fantasy for a while, but you know what? They're in week seven and they don't really, you know, know how to like stay with it. I feel like a lot of people, when it hits October, their attention span kind of goes elsewhere. So what would you just tell listeners or people playing fantasy? Like, why would they want to stay in it and maybe even invest even more right now in fantasy football? Well, for that very reason, like this is the time when people kind of fade out of it. You know, this is like any endeavor. And we were talking, we were before we were coming onto the show, we were talking about Andy and I, you know, having a comedic background and, and starting that way. And in a lot of these industries, you always, the biggest factor, probably more than talent, is the people who are willing to just keep pushing through, keep grinding, even when it gets tough and it's easy to just kind of bail, is to keep grinding. And I think the same thing kind of applies here to like exactly what you said, like people's attention fades. They, they just get into a little bit of a rut. They're, they're filling out lineups out of habit. They're not really putting a lot of effort to it that if you went the other way and if you took this opportunity in, in October and said, you know what, now is when I'm going to get serious and when I'm going to buckle down and really pay attention and make sure you know that I'm not making mistakes and I'm not overlooking anything, checking cornerback matchups, making sure, oh, you know, because a lot of people will probably just follow points and take Will Fuller or anything like that, ignoring that he's got a matchup with Jair Alexander and things like that. But this is your opportunity. This is your time to shine. So this is this is when the stronger players will step up and start making noise. This is when you make moves. Like, if you ever noticed, for so many years, the New England Patriots would always start the season two and two. Like, the first quarter of the season kind of never mattered, and then they picked it up and finish strong. For you, this is the time right now to finish strong. That's good. That's good. Bets, any last thoughts just about process this week or anything you just want to encourage the people and just in terms of building their lineups and staying with it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, Kyle. I'm ready to run through a brick wall after listening to Rank's uh, like very <laughs> emotionally driven speech. Uh, no, I agree though. Like this is the time where it's like, all right, I've been through DFS for a month. I've won a little money. Like I'm putting a lot of work in. It's not working. I challenge people to kind of re rethink the process. And you know, for me, for years, I was just like, all right, it's Sunday morning. Crap, the game's starting in an hour. What do I do? Just scrolling through game logs and things like that. But it, you have to really prepare yourself from Wednesday on. Uh, you know, in my opinion, throughout the week, getting news, analyzing cornerback matchups, all those things. Just stay with it. To me, it's always process over results, um, and, and that's the best way to do it is to kind of have that long-term mindset. And we told people in August, you're going to lose in DFS. It happens. It happens to everyone, including myself. And so if, if you have a good process in the long run, you will win. So stay with it. It's week seven. Now, Let's win some and money. There's just so much each week that you can learn. And so 
Each week, if you want to get in contact with us on Twitter, we get to talk on Fridays and Saturdays when we just get to share like, hey, here's the plays. Here's what's changed throughout the week because that's the thing. We get more information. Players are declared out. Betts has his injury podcast that he does on Fridays for the footballers. So there's lots of good stuff. And then Rank, any plugs you want to give for NFL Fantasy? You know what? I would ask anybody if you have the opportunity to download the all-new NFL Fantasy app You don't have to play it. We don't have daily or anything on that. But what we do have is games. And you can go in. You can watch games. We give player updates with our little player story thing. So that's really – and, oh, you get to watch my shows. You can watch the NFL Fantasy Bites show that runs on Thursday, which would have been yesterday when you're listening to this. But you can watch that. You can watch the Fantasy Football Show with Marcus Grant and me on Wednesdays. Marcus does it with Kimmy Checks on Mondays and Michael F. Florio on Friday. So you can probably go check that out after you listen to this. So uh, that's what I'm plugging. And you can find the link to the NFL Fantasy app on my Instagram bio, which is at Adam Rank NFL. Perfect. Well, thanks for listening to the Week 7 DFS podcast. We hope you guys win some cash this week, and we'll see you out there. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.